This is Johnny Blue Star. Welcome to Threshold, a global media event. Is the universe just a random dance of atoms, or is it a manifestation of a supremely intelligent architect? Can its purpose, or our purpose here on Earth, be adequately assessed? Can we commune with it, know its intentions, cooperate with its direction? Here, we define Threshold as a gateway state of awareness, allowing mankind to cross into a place of real cognition. Threshold allows us to approach questions of higher reality through the door of experience rather than mere belief. Welcome to Threshold, where we tear away the veil from commercial media, bringing our audience and participants into another realm of reality and enhanced communication. Before we begin, I want to alert our audience that the following show is based on a book called You Are a Psychic, The Healer's Handbook by Michael Priv. The following disclaimer is inscribed in the book, but its substance is also applicable here. This handbook is a tool of spiritual enhancement. It is intended for the development of spiritual skills and abilities. It is not intended as a substitute for medical help and does not advocate the abolishment of medical services. Any medical condition should be checked by a qualified medical doctor. This is Johnny Blue Star. We're back on Threshold Radio with Michael Priff for a return visit. We're continuing to discuss his book called You Are a Psychic, The Healer's Handbook. This book, as it says, presents a series of meditations and drills that can help any person develop their psychic abilities. And this is where, sort of where we're going to be focusing now on the dynamics of, of what this book is about the actual mechanics of it. I found, Michael, that your, your, um, your work is extremely, uh, I don't know how to put it, precise, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's like a, this book is, is a handbook. It's like almost like a bioengineering handbook or something. I don't know what to call it. Yeah, I agree. Well, I have engineering background, and I like uh, precision as opposed to vague um, ideas. You know, vague ideas are good, sometimes actually in this area of spirituality and so forth. But uh, eventually it all has to actually boil down to some, some precision. You know, you know in, in the last program, you mentioned something about certainty, and I want to quote from your book. Your book said, You need certainty to use any of the healing techniques presented here. There are no blood tests, biopsies, x-rays, or second opinion. You see what you see. You do your, your thing. You are it. And that was sort of the feeling I got from that last discussion we had, and uh, which was kind of leading up to what we would say the practical elements of what you're doing. I have a question, though, yeah. before we start. Part of what you, you know, I, I know a little bit about the technique of remote viewing. I don't know much about the actual practice of it because it's not something I've done very much. And I think a lot of what you do depends on certain things like remote viewing as a component. And I wonder, you know, I notice how you say, well, just imagine you're going into another room in your house and try and see the things that are there. It doesn't matter if they're really there or not and so forth. But you're basically making an effort to to see. At what point does the actual thing that you're doing, the imaginary thing that you're doing, become real? At what point do you actually see what's actually there? Or do you? Well... So, first of all, let me just kind of like reiterate, 
that what you're working on is certainty. You're working on your certainty. You're not working on your remote viewing. You're, you're working on your certainty. Remote viewing will attach itself. So when you see something, let's say in a different room, let's say, for example, a couch, people like because I work with some people now that the book came out and I have my website, my beautiful website that I really like and so forth. And, uh, you know, so people connect up uh, to me through website and uh, ask questions and we kind of work together and so forth. But like basically, okay, so let's say you see a couch in, in the next room over and um, that couch is a particular um, shade of uh, brown, beige, you know. And then you go there and you realize that, first of all, the couch is actually not positioned the way you saw it. And it's not that particular shade of, of beige, but it's a little bit more beigey than what you expected it to be. So what you did immediately, by the fact that you went to that room to take a look, to second guess yourself and double check, is that you completely killed yourself, your certainty. So it's not important what shade of beige that couch is. It may be, there's, there may be no couch in there at all, you know. Or let's say you uh, try to view outside and you see this car w uh, going by uh, the street. And if it was there, now it's supposed to pass by your window and there is no car shows up. And you are saying, well, see, I, I, I can't actually see anything. Well, you, you know, you have your eyes and uh, crystals and uh, retina, you know, and so forth to see things. And you're not actually exercising that particular organ eyes what you're exercising is something else completely and you're not you, you know it's okay if there is no car it's okay if the co coach is not oh, i see uh, i see what you mean yeah yeah so you're not supposed to do that so you you have you you, you have to kind of like wean yourself away from it because you see the only reason why you want to double check is because you doubt yourself and that's exactly what, what you're trying to get away from from doubting yourself and uh, that's one thing and second is there are many other factors that you don't know and you don't need to know necessarily. Because when you start, when you basically exteriorize as a spirit and go outside, you're manipulating more variables than just space. You're also manipulating things like time. In other words, you know, but what I'm saying is you don't need to do that. But I'm just giving you this as a point to consider just that it's pointless to look for that couch because you maybe you saw something as it was or it or as it will be you know we know things who can predict future they can see things that will be well who says that you can't or for example you see things in the past it's it's all seriously wobbly you see this whole construct that we call the universe and the the time matter and time and so forth and this is all like rigidly in there well it's not rigid at all you know it's all kind of wobbly it's it's held together which is we actually the science has no idea how it held together but if you do enough meditations then you eventually kind of get an idea and very important point on that is uh, mandalas you know like imagining mandalas and envisioning mandalas hebrew mandalas and celtic mandalas and so forth will eventually kind of bring together the grid how this universe is held together and why ancient people liked mandalas so much you know hindus mandalas very elaborate and so forth you know but in any case what i'm saying is that this is not we are not exercising our vision we're exercising other perception and so forth and eventually it will start kind of, you know okay so let's say for example heal you see healing is much easier 
as far as the remote viewing, much easier than remote viewing of specific places. Well, yeah, because um, there is remote view viewing where they're actually trying to find treasure or some military operation or something where some exactitude is expected. Yeah, well, uh, in healing, exactitude is, a more, is, is, is even more. You know, it's a lot more. Because you're talking about minute things. You're operating sometimes on cellular level, uh, on a cell level. Actually, I'm exper experimenting with DNA. You know, you're operating on a very exact level as a, as a healer, you know. But so you, you see exact things. But they're easier to see than, for example, a location somewhere, you know, in Mexico under some rock or something or, or right. somewhere. Uh, there, there, are, there, there, is, there are reasons for that as well. And I kind of go brush brush on it in the in the book a little bit, you know. But basically, it's easier um, to see. But let's say, okay. But let's say, for example, healing. Let's say, for example, you're imagining things that are happening inside somebody's body, and by, by while imagining that, you are learning the techniques how to affect certain things. And you, let's say, learning the technique of uh, manipulating energy flow flows in terms of rotation in the clock, clockwise direction. Okay, good. So you do the drill and you uh, you see certain things and you, oh, you you did this drill of imagining that you're rotating energy flows around the liver, let's say, in the clockwise, direct, uh, clockwise direction and, st and stuff, and you turn that liver wide, for example. And let's say, for example, this is about your mother, for example. So, okay. So you are imagining that you're looking inside your mother's body and you see this liver and you are uh, manipulating energy flows and you turn it white and, uh, and stuff like that. And it feels good to you. Like, in other words, you kind of, you feel that you are doing something good or you, you, you know, that's kind of your indicator that you're maybe getting somewhere or maybe you're just doing the drill right or whatever. But then, for example, your mom, mother calls or you call your mother. And you ask her, so how, how is your liver? You were complaining that your liver hurt. And she says, oh, you know, today, for some reason, it just got much better. I just feel much better. And I feel more energy and everything. And I think it's probably because I started taking Herbalife. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually what they say. Herbalife, aloe vera is also there. Uh, turmeric, you know, which is, of course, turmeric is actually very good for you. You know, and the curcumin and stuff like that. So that's uh, that's probably because of that. And you say, okay, great, hey. But then you start kind of thinking, well, what if it wasn't the aloe vera or a herbalife? What if what I was imagining was actually real? Well, let, let me try it again. Let let me try on myself. Let's say I have this discomfort in my joint uh, or something. Okay, let me see if I can do something about that or something. And you feel that actually something is changing, that this imagination that you are thinking about is actually like more than an imagination. Well, actually, actually, in your book, you say an ace up your sleeve is your own ability to heal yourself emotionally, spiritually, physically, economically, you name it. You need that ability. You need right. that ace up your sleeve. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't even know, like, I honestly can't even imagine how people live without it you know, going to the doctor with every single little thing and getting all the medications that are basically poisons, you know. I don't even, <laughs> I like, I really don't want to live that way. Let's say we, we want to, uh, you know, look at the first aspect of setting up to, to heal somebody or even yourself. What, what do you do? How do you start? Well, it starts with a meditation. So, like, in order to have certainty and in order to have 
this type of magical environment and magical kind of thing happening where by your thought you can affect the actual physical energy flows or even fluid flows or you can detoxify the body and so forth to affect like physical uh, beings or entities or cells with your thought you have to operate on certain magical level i call it magical but basically it's a level where you can do that where you can penetrate with your thought like that so right. to do that the gateway there is meditation and uh, best meditation or the meditation that always has to start anything is the simplest and most ancient meditation i call it simple breathing meditation that's the meditation of the ancient hindus and uh, buddhists and it actually existed long before them because it's in the vedas you know it's just basically to sit quietly and breathe and put your attention on your own breathing. Well, I think that's uh, really the key there, you, that you place yes. your attention on your, on your breathing. Yes. Well, okay. But if you look it up, if you try to Google it, you will see that you have to sit cross-legged and you have to keep your fingers in a certain way and you, you have to surround yourself with healing stones and reiki and all that and it has to be done in a certain face in a certain direction, and blah, yeah. blah, blah. And none of that is actually needed. That's why I'm saying that uh, if you follow instructions, you're going to get nowhere. Well, if, you, if they're the wrong instructions, I certainly wasn't taught that. Okay. Uh, I, I wasn't taught that. I was, and, and breathing and other uh, sort of paying attention to different parts of my body and so forth, they were part of it. But, um, yeah. But I, I realize that meditation is a, is a, it's sort of a word that's become stereotyped to, uh, to affect things like you were talking about, you know, sitting cross-legged and so forth. Actually, you can be meditating and, you know, walking down a street. Yes. And there is also a walking meditation, which is instead of breathing and putting attention on your throat and your nose and your lungs expanding and so forth on the breathing, you can actually put attention on your step. So it's also an ancient Buddhist meditation where it's called the walking meditation. It's not a part of my book, but it works just the same. So you put attention on, on sensations in your feet and legs and ankles and so forth as you move them and you move your body and, and stuff. The, the, the concept is always the same, that you put attention on something which is happening in the precise moment of now, on the cutting edge of now as it moves through time. Like right now you're taking that breath, right now this air going through your nose and the back of your throat, it's right now. It's not in the past, it's not in the future, it's right now. So that's the healing part of it. It's not the stones or sitting cross-legged keep, or keeping your fingers in a such a way or uh, stimulating your pituitary gland by saying, oh, you know, <laughs> which, is, which is a different side. Well, all these things may have their place, but yeah, the yeah, essential yeah. thing is paying attention in a certain way that actually, instead of the object of your intention becoming important, eventually the attention itself becomes important. The, uh, what's important is the precise moment of now. Uh, yes, okay. I'm afraid that right now we need to take a break and we'll okay. get back to that point in just a minute. Okay, okay, cool. This is Johnny Blue Star, CEO of New Galaxy Enterprises, a media content development company. One of the most exciting projects I've regularly been involved in is the creation of nonfiction books often collaborating with new authors on a wide variety of topics, either through editing or through writing, sometimes being guided by the client's direction or collaborating directly with the client. 
In this capacity, I've worked on a book on abolishing the caste system in India, a system of selling with integrity and sensitivity towards client and product, several fascinating memoirs, one with a Korean war veteran and crime fighter, another with one of the greatest ventriloquists and television producers in the 50s and 60s. To learn more about New Galaxy, see samples of our work, or talk to us about your project, please go to www.NewGalaxyEnterprises.com and fill out the contact form. In Ken Ede's book, The Involuntary Spy, Seth Rogen, a scientist, after having discovered a major deception created by a multi-billion dollar worldwide agribusiness giant that he works for, is driven by his conscience to release the information to the public at the peril of his reputation, career, and life itself. To do this, he must take refuge in Moscow. Here is an excerpt. Chapter 4 Yuri helped Seth settle into the safe house in Moscow. Tomorrow night, he would take the nine-hour flight to the Far East. From the apartment, he could see the colorful and distinctive towers of St. Basil's Cathedral from his window, and the glittering gold onion domes of the Church of Annunciation in the Kremlin. This was the Kremlin he had seen so many times on television. Back then, during the Cold War, it had represented the seat of the Empire of Evil. Now, it was oddly beautiful. The American press was already doing damage control on Seth's report to Russia today. The president called it propaganda, and said that the United States was against the manufacture of biological weapons. Spokesmen from the company said that Seth's report to RT should be disregarded as the words of a traitor and a thief. Because of his fleeing the country, Seth's story was discredited in every mainstream media report. Okay, your name now is George Amers, said Yuri, smiling, holding out documents. Here is new passport. I'm Canadian? Yes. Does that mean I have to say A all the time? Seth, Russians don't care what you say. But don't talk to people. Don't talk to people. And don't go anywhere. Just to work and back home. Sounds boring. Isn't that what you guys do in America anyway? Well, yeah. Okay. Don't make friends. If you want a girl, we get you girl. That sucks. Look, it's only for six months. Then you can do what you want. If you see anything suspicious, call me. Six months, eh? Yes, six months. Oh, and shave mustache and color hair. What? You prefer shave head and color mustache? No, no, that's okay. I'll take the hair color. And we fix nose. What's wrong with my nose? Nose too big. It's not. We fix anyway. Okay, let me see if I've got it. Don't go anywhere. Don't make friends. Sleep with prostitutes that you send to me and wear a disguise. Yes, you are smart. Don't forget to use lenses I gave you for eyes. And what? Lose some weight. Seth worked on his disguise with the materials Yuri had left in the safe house. He said a fond farewell to the mustache that had been with him since high school and picked a dark brown color to mask his light brown hair. With the contacts in, his eyes changed from green to brown. He didn't even recognize himself. The surface disguise was the easy part. Being George Amers would be the true disguise to master. This is Johnny Bluestar. We're back with Michael Priff, talking about his book, which is a manual of, of psychic healing. And we've been talking about the last thing that Michael was talking about, was that um, 
that the important thing in, ter- in terms of setting up to to meditate is paying attention to your, to, to your breath. But the important thing is to be be attentive now. The, the now is the sort of the door that opens up a lot of things. Is that true? Yeah, that's the magic point. The magic point between thoughts, the emptiness, the stillness. This is what you're looking for. This is the moment, the precise moment of now. The moment of now is not five years long or, f- or five minutes long or even five seconds long. The moment of now is instantaneous and it's gone. So the, the next moment of now, the next instant that came along is all in itself, is this magic realm, you know, and so forth. And before you blink it, it's gone. And then the next one, so forth. It's called the cutting edge. It's kind of like a tool that's cutting, which is time, you know, it's cutting through, you know, and so forth. And, uh, and, and this is the cutting edge of the tool. So that moment of now has magic. Anybody knows that. If they do this uh, meditation, this drill of the simple breathing drill or meditation, which is as old as the sun and moon probably, and, and, and you know, the very, very ancient people from like 12,000 years ago, they were already practicing. Well, so, I, at this point, you're going to get into a, a more cosmic side of this exercise of the setup, right? Well, I'm, I'm just saying that this would be the first step to do any kind of healing and the first step to heal yourself emotionally as well. You know, approaches that are not mechanistic and, and, and material to anything. Like, for example, let's say a couple is arguing and uh, he hates her and she hates him and now they're at each other's throat and stuff like that and they have certain issues that they need to resolve. Well, it turns out they don't have any issues. The only issue they have is uh, is lack of this particular uh, meditation, let's say. You know, if they both practice this meditation to its intended end phenomena, to its intended and the intended end of this drill, if you do it in full, is... This, the, the feeling of exhilaration, like intense happiness, like it's, it, it is a magic, a magic thing. If uh, somebody uh, does this drill and doesn't experience this particular phenomena, the drill is not done enough. It needs to be done more, you know, prescribed doing this uh, 20 minutes twice a day. Wayne Dyer was talking about 15 minutes twice a day, but that's pretty much the, that would be kind of like uh, the, the magnitude of this. This is how, how long may be needed. Maybe not. Maybe actually five minutes a day is enough, or maybe even, you know, uh, five minutes a day, three times a week is enough. Well, you have to find your own rhythm, so to speak. Yes, but, but for, uh, to begin with, to start with, it needs to be done a lot. And then it works. There is this magic, uh, exhilarating state, you know, which is being where body is no longer a hindrance kind of thing. So it's a highly spiritual state. But any uh, moving in that direction uh, to any degree at all is beneficial. So let's say it's not all the way to this state of exhilaration, but uh, just to some kind of basically clear your mind from all the hustle and bustle and the merry-go-around and the thoughts. All these thoughts are all garbage. Somebody is uh, thinking that somebody did something wrong to them and somehow they've been done wrong and this is not right and that's not right and this is bad and if only this was this way and how am I going to pay my bills and all that, that's all trash. This is not kind of thing that will get one anywhere or allow them to manifest any any thoughts at all. So this uh, original um, few minutes of meditation, of simple breathing meditation, will actually take care of this, if not maybe the first time through because it's not done enough, but then eventually, you know, it will actually take all that 
out of the equation and make a person more himself or herself closer to their native state, which is pure magic. So, well, in, in this setup, in this passage, there's a second part to it, which I found, I actually practiced this part. It's a variation of the drill. It has to do with light. You want to discuss that? Well, light comes second, yes. So there is a thing which is called cosmic light. I am not actually sure if that's what it's called. I prefer not to call it cosmic light. I call it white light. It mm -hmm. originates somewhere deep in, the, in space. It originates somewhere at unimaginable distance from now. But the truth of the matter is, is that there is a grid of this light, which is only maybe, I would say, about maybe 300 to 500 feet above your head. It's very interesting that if you keep moving up, let's say you're climbing a mountain, the distance to this light is still the same. So it's not a physical nature, and the fact that you're changing your position above the sea level has nothing to do with anything at all. It's pretty interesting, and uh, I'm still researching this phenomena. I don't see right now at this point basically how it can make it make any practical difference. You know, I'm researching other things like uh, DNA. I think it will be more useful in healing people. But in any case, so okay, so there is this light, okay? So if you imagine yourself moving up approximately 300 feet or 400 feet or something like that, or 100 yards above, which is about the football field, above your head, if you imagine moving yourself, actually encounter a huge flow of this light, which is not vert. But what you need, so then you can become immersed into this life, uh, light as a spirit. But what's more useful for us is to imagine this light coming from an unimaginable distance from the center of the universe somewhere, from the like hundreds of thousands or millions light years away, where it originates this light. And this beam of gentle white light comes down at you. The reason it's better for us that way is because then we can keep the body. Like the body is right here, right now, and it becomes immersed in this cylinder of light. It's well, yeah. easier. It's easier for it's better for us. Okay, good. So it works just fine that way as well. So okay, so this beam of light, which you imagine, comes straight down at you, starts absorbing inside uh, your body through the top of your head. And I think all the teachers I mentioned before, which is Wayne Dyer and Marie Christie, Sheldon and uh, Michael Beckwith, they all talk about it. And th this particular phenomenon or meditation or whatever you want to call it is also as old as, you know, I don't know what, it's like ancient. So nobody invented it. But basically, okay, so there is this light and uh, it comes down at you and it starts absorbing inside your body through your head. People, as I found, you know, people who are writing to me through my website and through Facebook, uh, when they practice it, they have uh, unpleasant sensations in the top of their head. Okay, it can be absorbed through any part of their, like it, they can be, they're surrounded with this light and it just gets absorbed inside the body. For healing specifically and for, for especially for diagnostics, it's better to imagine that it's only absorbed and it's gra it gradually moves down because then you start seeing things that are inside the body, some body or most of the body kind of gets translucent and kind of almost like dissolves in this light. But some parts remain dark. So those dark parts is where you need to concentrate. So you 
you see right away at least the area maybe bottom of the you know like abdomen liver you know uh, right lung you can see right away you can perceive some darkness in those in that area as the light passes through so that would be a healing technique but so it's a meditation and a healing technique at the same time well uh, all meditations are healing techniques uh, you know but it actually it has tremendous healing power this light if you do it long enough, let's say on yourself, you just do this one drill. You do a little bit of breathing, uh, uh, noticing how you feel, what the, the sensations in your throat and nose and so forth. And then you just imagine this light coming down at you and it gets absorbed into your body through the top of your head and it goes all the way to the bottom of your feet and it keeps on going into earth. So you channel this light from unimaginable distance into earth, let's say. If you just do this part and stop on that and you just do it every day, it will eventually cure pretty much anything you have. Well, if you're experiencing a certain type of unpleasantness or pain somewhere, say you have uh, perennial stomach aches or something, uh, do you focus on that while the light is there? Do you try to bring the light into that area? Well, you, you try to bring the light into every area. Just everywhere, from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. Everything has to be translucent. Everything has to be nice, kind of like if you have uh, a light bulb and you put your hand against it, it uh, you can see kind of translucence, you know, to your hand. You can see kind of pinkish, more or less translucent, kind of like... So, basically, the body has to be like that. And the more translucent it is, the better. You know, there are more techniques. If you specifically have problems with your stomach, there are more, a lot more healing techniques. But what I'm saying is that if you don't know any techniques and don't do anything, even call it healing, just call it meditation, but you do this meditation, light meditation, on a regular basis, eventually, not maybe right now, uh, not, not right away necessarily, that's why people stop, but eventually, let's say for eventually, let's say three weeks of this meditation, four weeks of this meditation, will pretty much take care of anything you, you got. You know, the stomach problem, maybe acid reflux or something. Well, you will notice that it will get much better. Let's say your heart was weak, had you shortness, experienced shortness of breath and chest pains sometimes and this and that, and you couldn't sleep on your left side because your, head, your heart would hurt and stuff like that. Yourself startled at some point realizing that it's no longer true at all. Well, I'll don't... tell you what, Michael. We, again, we're, we're up against the break. Perhaps in the next and last part of our discussion, you can get into the details of how you deal with specific problems that a person has. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, thank you. We'll be right back. My company, New Galaxy Enterprises, is a California corporation specializing in the creation of media and promotional content. We are focused on original, innovative projects that are good for humanity. These projects could be nonfiction books or novels, fictional screenplays or documentary content, websites and website content, commercial advertising content for print, audio or video products on the internet, television or radio, musical scores for advertising, television or film, video, audio editing, etc. We want to promote products and projects that support the environment, encourage a healthy experience in living, developing, nurturing and useful technology and offering platforms for positive, socially constructive entertainment or informative, transformative media. Our experience in creating a variety of products like this is rather vast and we offer client-based and collaborative products as well as the opportunity of active investors to join us in the creation and promotion of proprietary products, some of which are in latter stages of development. For more information, go to www 
www.newgalaxyenterprises.com. That's www.newgalaxyenterprises.com. If you're interested in talking to us, just fill out the contact sheet and we will get back with you. If you're not fond of books, you may be interested in watching Dr. Rodier's slide presentation on his website, hugorodier.com. That's H-U-G-O-R-O-D-I-E-R.com. It lasts 48 minutes and explains the simple roots of all diseases with pictures and graphs that are easy to understand. The presentation includes basic principles of physics, philosophy, anthropology, and history to truly integrate the most vital pillars of human health. We will now play Patricia Welch's version of an old, very positive classic, Sitting on Top of the World. Such a feeling's coming over me There is wonder in most everything I see not a cloud in the sky Got the sun in my eyes And I won't be surprised if it's a dream Everything I want the world to be Is now coming true especially for me And the reason is clear It's because you are here You're the nearest thing to heaven that I've seen I'm on the top of the world Looking down on creation And the only explanation I can find Is the love that I've found Ever since you've been around Your love's put me at the top of the world Something in the wind has learned my name And it's telling me that things are not the same In the leaves on the trees and the touch of the breeze There's a pleasing sense of happiness for me There is only one wish on my mind When this day is through I hope that I will that tomorrow will be just the same for you and me All I need will be mine if you are here I'm on the top of the world looking down on creation And the only explanation I can find Is the love that I've found ever since you've been your love's put me at the top of the world I'm on the top of the world Looking down on creation And the only explanation I can find Is the love that I've found Ever since you've been around Your love's put me at the top of the world Your love's put me at the top of the world your love's put me at the top of the world. Hello again. We're back on Threshold Radio with Michael Prev discussing his work on healing. And he's promised us that he's going to get into some specifics 
of how this healing works with yourself and with other people. So where would we start here now after we've done the breathing exercise and gotten ready? Yeah, so breathing exercise and then there is light, light penetration through the top of the head, which is the cosmic light which you imagine, beam of, of light hitting you on the top of the head, originating somewhere in the center of the universe, somewhere very, very far away, and it's, it's hitting you. So by the time it hits you, it's basically a cylinder of light that surrounds you, which goes way up and so forth, and it's kind of endless. It's kind of infinite where it starts. But it hits you on, the, on uh, you know, it surrounds you and it starts absorbing through the top of your head. So that's a healing technique as well as a diagnostic technique when it's done on somebody else, because you can see eventually, like if you kind of like, uh, there's enough drilling, I guess, you, you start seeing uh, darker areas of their body and you know what to concentrate on. This light goes through the body and so forth. Next thing that I do, somebody, because before you start healing somebody, you need to know what's wrong. So you do this light and you can start seeing uh, some darker areas where you need to concentrate on. Uh, dark areas are what's called ridden. So the energy does not flow in there. Energy stops in there. The reason the energy stops is because there are conflicting energy flows in that particular area, creating what's called a ridge. It's um, a solidified mass kind of thing. So it doesn't get penetrated by light very well, and that's why it seems darker. If you have, a so this light, it flows. We are talking about areas where things don't flow. Well, this light, it kind of flows through the body and through the bottom of your feet and into earth. So this flow in itself will eventually resolve all these uh, unflowing areas and point where th things are stopped and clogged and stuffed and so forth, and it will un un unstick them. But it will take a while, so forth, and it it uh, be prohibitive in the amount of labor that would uh, it would take as a, from you as a healer, it would be prohibitive to do it because... You need to keep concentrating and keep doing it every single day for, let's say, two, three, four weeks. That's out of the question. It's not going to work because with getting like at least one or two new patients every day, you, you cannot keep all those patients in, in mind as far as keeping your attention concentrated enough and so forth and working on more than, let's say, three patients uh, at a time. So, so if you have a new patient today and you have a new patient tomorrow, you can work on two of them. Then let's say on next day you have three patients and you can work on, on, on three of them. Then next day you got the fourth patient and at that point, all by itself, the first patient drops out. You, you are no longer working on him or her. You can maybe uh, uh, later come back to that and start, uh, you know, kind of thing, but you are not actively working on that uh, patient, like I can't. So mostly you do what you do in like one session, let's call it, or maybe two or maybe three or maybe uh, uh, during one day, and that's it, and, uh, and, and that patient is gone, you know, so whatever you did, you did, but you can't use techniques that take you three weeks, it's just not going to work, but you can use this technique on yourself, you know, more or less regularly, and it will do tremendous help, but for me, I just use it as a diagnostic and as a technique, you know, as a healing technique, which is tremendously beneficial, proportional to, to how sick a person is, like if, if a person has some minor um, problems and so forth, this technique will eliminate them, you know, it will help and, it, it, and so forth. You can intensify it, I can explain how you can make it more intense and works, work uh, faster on somebody. But the thing what I'm trying to say is that if a person is an incredibly sick, like for example, stage four cancer with metastasis and everything, you know, 
then getting this light through the body once for a second will you know prolong their lives by months and months it will not cure them but it will actually do a complete miracle so proportionate to how sick they were just running this light through them as a flow like this you know will actually uh, do miracles if they're not that sick it's not going to do miracles you know if they're very very sick it's going to take a long time it may take you know, a day and a half. It may take maybe, uh, you know, full 24 hours. Maybe it will take 36 hours. Maybe it will take 48 hours for this light to go through, which, of course, you can't continue consciously doing that. So what I do is I set it up on automatic. I kind of imagine this light, them, this light falling on them. I kind of set it up like that and just let it go on its own. And I do something else and I just come back to it every couple of hours to take a look. And I see that light progressed a tiny little bit. Like, let's say maybe uh, it was at their eye level and now, uh, now the light uh, penetrated to their ears level. And it keeps going down. Okay, as long as it keeps going down, okay. If it stops going down, then I, I reset it and so forth. And it keeps going and it will go in without my attention. But after it, you know, let's say if you take somebody who was given a month to live, then you hear back from them nine months later. And uh, this just one, this one thing is tremendously beneficial. Anyway, so this this uh, technique, I just keep talking about this, uh, but actually there there is a lot more. So then for diagnostics, the next thing uh, to do would be approach any organ that I suspect is not doing so well. Or if I can't totally figure out, then just approach in any organ. Let's say, for example, right kidney. Okay, I approach the right kidney from behind with filler beam, which is kind of like an extension of my hand, an imagined very sensitive extension of my hand. And I can even kind of do this uh, motion by hand, you know, but of course, patient uh, himself or herself maybe 6,000 miles away, so my hand is not going to reach anywhere near that patient, or maybe that patient is next city, or even next house, and my hand is not going to reach there either. So it doesn't even matter if it's 6,000 miles away or 30, 30 feet away, it's still not going to do it. But extension of my hand, I imagine, you know, reaches the, that right kidney from behind, and I pause kind of next to that kidney, at some distance from that kidney, I already pause and start kind of like sharpen my perception and kind of try to catch the direction in which it wants to turn. Like when it approaches this organ, it will want to turn either clockwise or counterclockwise or or stand that, uh, get stuck still, you know. So you want that filler beam rotating to the right. You want to perceive that rotation to the right. If it rotates to the right at all, you just leave it. It's good. It's healthy. Are you using it's, your actual hand, hands while you're doing this? Do you make gestures or is this all yeah. in your mind? No, no. I do the gestures. Absolutely. So you, you sort of dialing, looking from the back, you're dialing clockwise. Well, I'm not, you're I, trying I, to make it go in a clockwise direction looking from the back, isn't that? Well, that would be a healing technique. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to perceive in which direction the energy field around oh, the I organ see. You're is still moving the, on yeah. its own. Oh, okay. It's already moving. Because if it's already moving to the right, I'm not going to do anything to it. If it's moving to the left, then yes, I will try to grab onto it and try to spin it to the right. It can be done like as a as a motor gets, uh, you know, revved up to, to the right. And then you can just, you kind of leave it 
and it takes it takes off on its own to the right. Or it can be done slowly. You just kind of keep rotating it to the right for at least a minute, for at least a full 60 seconds, you know. Uh, like people kind of make mistake by quitting it early, but you need to actually give it some time. And you just slowly rotate it to the right and not without stopping. And then you stop, withdraw, moving again, trying to perceive the motion now. If it changed at all to the right, you know, it, it, it was to the left and now it's a little to the right or it was a lot to the left and now it's a little bit to the left so it's a little more okay good so maybe you need to continue a minute or two longer you know or if it's now rotating at least a little bit to the right you can leave it kind of thing but that would be already healing but as far as the diagnostics yes i check okay heart liver kidneys can americans uh, have very bad livers and very bad kidneys so pretty much anybody you check uh, will mo- most likely will have some problem with their liver or kidneys or at least something like, like can, a fatty liver right yeah like a fatty liver which is fatty liver is uh, basically you see that it rotates to the left weekly or dead stuck. But basically when you actually open up your kind of remote view and you can see that liver kind of solidified. It's liver is kind of pliable and soft as a tissue, you know, as an organ and stuff like that. But some parts of it usually usually like on the on the edge somewhere, you know, it's it's actually solidified. It doesn't, it's not flexible at all, you know. And also it can be kind of smaller in that area while liver as a whole is larger. You know, that's kind of like you, at first you can't really tell. If you look, you know, let's say, let's say you, 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 you see somebody's liver and you're looking at it and me not being a medical professional and not uh, understanding much about livers and so forth, I don't know what I'm looking at. I, I see a liver. You know, but then with experience, I start seeing that, okay, oh, okay, so this is a healthy liver and this is not a healthy liver. So what's not healthy about it? Why is this liver so big? Is it a good thing that it's big? No, it's not because it's rotating in the opposite direction. It's it's not supposed to be that big. Okay, let's see. Let's try to get it the energy rotating clockwise and uh, and then see, oh, yeah, it, it got a little smaller. So it was enlarged before and now it's it's a little smaller, you know. Stuff like that. So basically, you you can diagnose and heal at the same time, but it is still important to diagnose and see what's happening. In some rare cases, you can't see anything, and I go over that in the book as well. When you can't see anything, you just do big shot, like buckshot healings for everything. Like, for example, this slide. You know, you run this slide through the whole body. You know that it's going to help them. You know that it's going to improve things, so you just keep doing that. There are other techniques that you can do where you don't have to diagnose. You just do it on the whole body. Another technique like that is to turn everything white. You just kind of like get inside and you kind of imagine everything turning white. Every organ, everything, everything, looking from behind at the body, the whole body turns white. The organ turns white. Let's say circulatory system, you know, you have, you have, uh, you have arteries that get clogged with, with all kinds of crap. And so forth and so on. Okay, you imagine that system inside the body turn white. You have uh, bone cancer. Imagine the skeleton uh, of of the person turning white. You know, you turn everything white. If you know the organ that's bad, you turn that organ white. If you don't, then you just turn everything white. It it works. That basically the most important thing that you can do is to turn everything white and stay that way. You know, it has to stay white. White just simply means that the flows are flowing. And black means that the flows are stopped. That's well, all it I, I have to say that we're going to probably have to go now. But if you've uh, been listening to 
this program and perhaps the one before, you know there's something really interesting to be had by by looking at this book. And how, how would uh, somebody procure this book, Michael? Well, uh, my website is uh, michaelpriv.com, just one word, michaelpriv.com. And in there, what I did is I uh, put the PDF of this book in there for free for anybody to see and practice and study and ask me questions. It's okay. If you want to buy it, I have a button in there to buy it. I also have other books in there, obviously. It's not the only book I wrote. But this, so those books are not available free of charge. Other books, they have to be purchased if you want them or you can buy them on Amazon. But this particular book is so important, I feel, because I help people every day and I know what it can do, you know. So I made it available free of charge. Yeah, anybody can read it. If you only want to read the meditations and the, and the drills that have to be done uh, in order, you know, and so forth, then that's even like separate kind of pages on my website. But it all kind of pulls down to the same book, and you can get the full book or parts of the book or whatever you want with the book, but it's all available free of charge. And if you want to pay, you can always pay, and uh, that would be great because I need some money, you know, for the <laughs> of the website uh, at least, you know. And I, so I know the feeling, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, it's not that uh, crucial at all. It's totally fine to use it free of charge, and I give it in there free of charge, and uh, yeah, use it. Uh, to your benefit and benefit of your loved ones. And uh, I will be happy to know how it goes. And I'm always uh, here to help. I handle all my emails from the from website in 24 hours. Trying to be helpful, I believe this is the way up. You know, like I, I was talking before about the way up and the way down. Well, the way up is to be is to is to help and uh, make sure people are do, doing well. So well, thank you again. And I hope to uh, be in touch. Yes. Thank you very much, Johnny. It was a pleasure to be with you. We'll see you soon. Take care. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. This is Johnny Bluestar, host of Inalienable and Free, the Voice of the Coalition, a program devoted to the development of the Coalition for Planetary Empowerment. The Coalition is a unique project designed to empower its members both individually and collectively. Besides individual empowerment, its broader focus is on the restoration, protection, and enhancement of citizen and human rights throughout the world through the aid of its members. As this project is centered in the United States, our first task is to create a website and social network infrastructure to promote collective efforts to take back our rightful control as citizens over our government as designed by our founding fathers. Although we must begin with the social network restricted to United States citizens, the organization will also host a global dialogue for the discussion of human rights by citizens of democratic nations throughout the world. If you're interested, please check us out in the GoFundMe.com website, entering in the search field, The Coalition for Planetary Empowerment. That is, go to GoFundMe.com and enter in the search field, The Coalition for Planetary Empowerment. This is Johnny Bluestar. We all live very closely or within ourselves to an immense journey of self-discovery and adventure. For humanity, both the wide expanse of stars and the infinitely wider space within ourselves beckon us to make that leap forward. Thank you for making Threshold Radio part of your journey. Be well and keep cosmic. We go out with another old classic, one of my favorites, a song sung in 1928 by Jack Hilton. (laughs) 
shining for you and me. The flowers in spring, the birdies. 